I believe that in every startup or innovative company, the quote, any color as long as it's black, has been dropped at least once. Henry Ford's famous quote is often used as an argument for reducing options in a product. Many people believe that Henry Ford was all about limiting choice. Actually, there's quite some nuance to that. This is the untold story of any color as long as it's black. And when I say untold, I mean not often heard, as Henry Ford wrote a fascinating autobiography covering the entire matter. This is the I Want Product Market Fit podcast, the audio version of the article. If you haven't subscribed yet, you can subscribe by following the link in the description. All right, let's go. Let's go back to the start of the previous century. In 1903, 39-year-old Henry Ford started the Ford Motor Company. During the first years, it produced a couple cars a day that ramped up. Um, by 1908, the Ford company introduced eight different models with varying results. Uh, for instance, the Model B sold 500 cars in over a year. The Model F sold 1,000 cars. The Model N sold 7,000 cars, according to my numbers. And then, in 1908, Ford launched their latest, the famous Model T. It was an instant hit. In the first year, they sold more than 10,000 cars, outselling any competitor of that year. Ford was the first company to cross the 10K mark as a company, but also for a single car. Unprecedented. After that first successful year, the Ford Motor Company was ready to grow. The sales staff was amazed by the great sales numbers. They were so excited, they suggested adding an extra car to the lineup with some slight changes. Because sales heard requests from certain customers about the style of the car. If implemented in a new model, they could make more sales. Ford felt that the suggestion from sales was weird. The Model T, nicknamed Tin Lizzy, was the most popular car ever. A quote from his biography. It is strange how, just as soon as an article becomes successful, somebody starts to think that it would be more successful if only it were different. There's a tendency to keep monkeying with the styles and to spoil a good thing by changing it. The car entrepreneur was wondering why you would add another car to that. It's not that Ford didn't value customer feedback. You can clearly see that in his autobiography. Get it? Because cars? Okay. Quote, no business can improve unless it pays the closest possible attention to complaints and suggestions. If there's any defect in service, then that must be instantly and rigorously investigated. The entrepreneur in him didn't see the opportunity as the salesman saw it. Ford had a particular philosophy on the mass market, which he makes explicit in his biography. He describes three groups within the market. One, people that don't know what they want. Two, people that claim they know what they want. And three, people that actually know what they want. The first group, the people that do not know what they want, accounts for 80% of people. People that claim that they know what they want account for 15% and only 5% actually knows what they want. Ford goes on. If you discover what will give this 95% of people the best all-round service, you will be meeting a demand which is so large that it may be called universal. And to me, universal demand sounds a lot like product market fit. According to Ford, the sales staff voiced the concerns of that very special 5%. He saw the other 95% as the real market for any product. He interpreted those superb sales as serving those 95% of customers. Today, we would say that he might have had product market fit. Next to that, he looked into the nature of the feedback of the salesman. Salesman wanted to add a car with a different style, and Ford hated that. When the, he quotes, 
When the customer's suggestion is only as to style, one has to make sure whether it's not merely a personal whim that is being voiced. For Ford's, personal whims were unimportant impulses of the customer that wouldn't bring value. He writes about his frustration that salesmen wanted to fix these whims because the salesmen want to close these extra sales and get the extra commission. Our man Henry understood that you can't say yes to every request. He was aware of feature creep avant la lettre. A couple of weeks later, the visionary businessman laid out his plan for the company, but in a different direction than the salesman asked for. So the next section I titled, I see a red car and I want to paint it black. So contrary to popular belief, the Model T was initially available in the colors blue, gray, green, and red, not in black. Salesmen wanted to add styles. In 1909, out of the blue, Henry announced his well-known policy to his staff. Any customer can have a car painted any color that he wants, so long as it's black. Remember, the first iPhone also only came in one color, and how big of an issue was that really? What about that extra model that the salesman wanted? Ford added to this policy, in the future, we're going to build only one model, the Model T. This means that the Model R and the Model S that were being sold were killed. Those two cars were good for more than 5,000 sales in the past years. How many startups do you know that limit their product line and kill products with traction? Instead of adding a model, Ford removed two models. How contrarian to the suggestion of the sales staff. Peter Thiel would be proud. It was not well received by the salespeople. He quotes, I cannot say that anyone agreed with me. The selling people could not, of course, see the advantages that a single model would bring about in production. More than that, they did not particularly care. Now, only black didn't mean no options. The fun thing is, he actually announced these two policies in reverse order. He first said, only Model T, and ended with, only black. But for some reason, everyone only remembers the latter. While the former is where the nuance lies. It was not as black and white as it seems. It didn't mean there was only one Model T, like there only being one iPhone at launch. The full sentence uttered by Henry Ford was... In the future, we're going to build only one model, the Model T, and that the chassis would be the exactly the same for all cars. Meaning, the Model T was what historians call the first platform car. There were many variations of the Model T, all built on the same basis. He experimented with repurposing the chassis of the Model S for the Model E. He knew what he was attempting already worked. Initially, there were six variants available of the Model T, in the article, you can see some photos that I included, like a passenger coupe, a roadster, a runabout, a town car. It's really nice to check them out. Over the years, they added even more variants, like a Model D truck, a Model T ambulance, and a delivery truck. Again, check out the photos. Summarizing, there was plenty of choice. And this is a very important, often missed insight from this story, because Ford clearly acknowledged the different needs of different customer segments reflected in the high variety of models displayed in the article. He just didn't think that color would be important to conquer his market. There were many benefits to having a platform car. He could swap parts from the different Model T variants. For instance, the town car headlights could fit on the Model T truck. This also made repairs easier and overall reduced production times and costs. Inventory costs were also cut down as you don't need to keep four colors of each doors, for instance. 
for its pricing and cost reduction strategy is truly amazing. This deserves an article in itself, but the pricing strategy usually influences sales as well. Section called Liftoff. Ford spoke the all colors but black words in the second year of the Model T Ford's lifetime. It took a couple of years to change the factories before production really ramped up. For nine years, between 1914 and 1925, Ford sold only black cars, only Model Ts. In total, Ford sold 15 million Model Ts. This was the best-selling car ever. The record stood for almost half a century until Volkswagen ultimately sold the 15 million Beetle in 1972. For some years, he even sold more than a million cars, where the best competitor at that time, Chevrolet, did about 300,000. For comparison, in 2021, Lexus did about three quarters of a million cars and Tesla 900,000. It was truly amazing that more than a century ago, this little company was producing cars and selling cars at that magnitude of scale. The image that I use in the article is a Ford Model T Touring. It was the most popular model. However, it accounted to only like half of the sales. It was the most popular model, but also other models such as the truck or the coupe were very popular. And this is where you can see that the platform cars really pays off. I also wanted to know how many of the Model T sold actually were black. And the vast majority were. According to the information that I was able to retrieve, Ford sold colors in the first years and started the only black sales only in 1914. Only when sales started dipping in 1925, they added colors again. And two years after adding colors, the Model T was discontinued. So that means that 85% of all Model T cars ever sold were black. Ford does it, right? And again, to summarize, any color, as long as it's black, was about reducing choice on one aspect, color. But the Model T Ford had a high variety of options. It's a story of knowing where to limit choice for your customers and where not. It's about understanding what it takes to conquer a mass consumer market. Ford reverted his decision of colors in 1925. Today, Ford makes cars in many colors for many different models. However, in 2018, Ford decided only to make SUVs and trucks and stop producing all other cars like the, like the Ford Focus. And that sounds familiar, right? So this was my deep dive into the Ford Model T and the options. Uh, I hope you liked this one. If you liked it, you can vote in the article. Link is in the description. Uh, this was Jeroen Koele from I Want Product Market Fit. Uh, thanks for listening. Until next time.